Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, follow, or share. Ted is back to reality, but he looks nice and tan. Ted, I got to say, you do have a nice tan. I'm kind of jealous. You look tanner than me right now. But that's what happens when you go to Florida. You get a nice tan. But he's back to reality. And just when we thought we can get back to reality, too. We got a great show for you, by the way. We're going to be talking about the New York football giants. Rumor has it that they are deciding whether or not to trade back or stay put at five and seven currently slated in the NFL draft. But with the new regime, are we looking at a full rebuild? Teams that are looking quarterback needy? There are some quarterbacks that could be going inside the top ten. The Giants could be a favorable trade partner to make some moves. And then we're going to talk about baseball. Baseball's coming around the corner. We're going to have our baseball preview by next week because, well, opening day is right around the corner, two weeks away. So I cannot wait for New York Yankee baseball and baseball around the AL East especially. We're going to try to rank the AL East. Where do the Yanks rank among the other three? Because we all know the Baltimore Orioles will finish in fifth place. It's just who will be one through four, Ted. So we'll, fi- we'll figure that out. And the Joseph Aguilar will be joining us at some point to discuss He's going to hop on. But, Ted, like I said, you're back to reality. Just when we thought we were going to get back to reality with the craziness, the madness that's been going on in the NFL, we didn't even get less than 24 hours until probably, Ted, I don't know about you. We talked about it on Tuesday, and we said we were talking about biggest surprise move. I think the move that just recently happened may have topped all of that, and the reality was, oh, well, here we go. We, we, we're set. That's when we thought the AFC couldn't even get more hectic. And the AFC West can be any more impacted. A guy by the name of Tyreek Hill is going now and finds a new home, plus a new contract playing in South Beach. The Miami Dolphins making a huge splash, a surprising splash. And here's the thing about me, Ted. You have to remember, I work overnights. So I'm I'm sleeping. I wake up. I see everybody texting me. Are you seeing the Chiefs are going to trade Tyreek Hill? Who would have ever thought it, Ted? Who would have ever thought it? My reason why we're talking about the Tyreek Hill, well, you know what? Go on. I want to see what was your take on the Tyreek Hill? How, how were you? Was this the number one? Well, you texted me. You texted me. You're like, dude, you know about it? I didn't know about it. I, I wasn't on Twitter. I'm in Florida. I'm living a different life than everyone in reality. I was in, I was, <laughs> you were calling I thought you would have seen living, it. I was living the blessed life. All right. Well, so, Tyree, hey, Tyreek's going to be. The, that's, that's what his life so is. So, with, with that being said, you said it. I'm like, all right, I'm watching Colin. I'm like, oh, it's really happened. I'm pulling on Twitter and I see the same thing. Ian Rappaport, both. I'm like, the Jets and the, the Dolphins. And I'm thinking, first thing in my thought is thinking, no. Like, if you're if you're Tyree Kill, like, what in God's name are you thinking? Why would you ever think about, no, no, I'll get to that. Yeah, absolutely. He said in his thing, first of all, I'm thinking, please don't go to the Jets. Just don't, just don't do it. You're going to go for Zach Wilson. I mean, like, listen, I don't have a problem with guys getting traded. Guys want to get paid, too. Me, personally, in my mind, like, I want to win championships, too. I want to get paid somehow in the same way. I mean, he, what he got was life-changing money. Like he said, it wasn't that he wanted to leave in Kansas City. But when someone hands you, like, I'm going to pay you double right now to leave, you're <laughs> – yeah, where do I sign, right? That's that's <laughs> – that's kind of the thing. Where do I sign the dotted line? Someone's like, hey, listen, I need you to, you know, pick up crap all day for dollars <laughs> an hour. Here you go. Like thousand dollars an hour. Like that's that's what you do. It's it's a good move for him. You said also here's another thing. He goes to Miami. You're gonna be in the state of Florida. There's no state tax. So that revenue is gonna be even more so than good thing he didn't go to New York. All right. Oh, oh. In Kansas yeah. City. Uh, listen, it's a good move for the Dolphins. It's a crazy move. I still can't believe they gave away five picks. This though is the most surprising move I've seen this offseason. Devontae was there. I think I I told you the Devontae and the Watson thing were right there. They were neck and neck, especially the Watson move first because everyone had reported that the Browns had dropped out. And then I think what Watson deal was more that he got the fully guaranteed money. I don't think so much that he got traded. 
I understand the trade. It's just more guaranteed considering where he has been and where all the other quarterbacks have. The Devontae, I I was shocked. I did think about that. I did call that when you and me were up in there in January about the Raiders need a big-time receiver. Mm-hmm. I like the move. But this, by far, this is a changer. This is this is a game-changer. All right, so let's – all right. All right, so, yeah, you just said it perfectly. This is a game-changing move. This is this is their version, the Miami Dolphins. Look, everybody has a all-in approach version. Well, this is the Miami Dolphins all-in approach version of that. By the way, the day before they got Tyreek Hill, they got a guy by the name of Teron Armstead or Taron Armstead, who to some was the best lineman in this entire free agency class or maybe one of the better players in this entire free agency class. But they signed the big man to a huge contract. That's the day before they go after Tyreek Hill. You added Cedric Wilson. You re-signed Emmanuel Ogba. You got Raheem Mostert. You already have Jalen Waddle, who's going to be a nightmare for teams to deal with. Well, you just added the fastest man in the entire NFL, Ted. So guess what? And we've all been talking. There's a simple thing. There's a simple situation for Tua Tagovailoa. Will Tua flourish or will Tua perish and will the Miami Dolphins be looking in another direction, maybe by the end of this year, or hell, even maybe midseason? There's no excuse. To- no, here's, here's the thing. This Right now, we can't totally answer that question. As a Dolphins fan, I'll look at it from a Dolphins fan. You're hoping he flourishes. He has everything. This is something that I said to you before. This is something that Baker Mayfield dealt with last year. This is something that we talked about with Daniel Jones, and we'll get into that with the Giants stuff. And we, and we, we talk a lot of Giants talk. But – what we just saw in the Super Bowl was it doesn't matter how bad your offensive line is. If you can get a competent quarterback and a quarterback that can find his groove like Joe Burrow did and, and it's becoming a star, but you surround him with weapons. You know, the biggest thing we talked about last year was do they take Penny Sewell or Sean Slater or do they take the stud receiver? They took Jamar Chase, even though they had two really good receivers and they had a really good tight end and they had a really good running back. What the Miami Dolphins did is, hey, listen, our offensive line isn't going to be super great but we're going to get a great left tackle in Taron Armstead. Okay, He was one of the best left tackles in football, has been for the past year. We are going to get the biggest game changer in all of football, and that's Tyreek Hill. There's no one like him in the entire football league. We know what his speed and what he can do. Give him a three-yard catch, throw him the ball behind a jet sweep. Watch him go to the house. He makes plays. All the all the pressure, though, was on to him. You, you have Jalen Waddle, who you traded for last year. You have Tyreek Hill, right? You have Kaseki, you brought in Chase Edmonds, and you also brought in Raheem Mozart, who's a super oh, yeah, you. I, I forgot. We saw him rush for 230 yards in an NFC championship. So, so we know the explosion. This could be a four by 100 track team. <laughs> for the Dolphins, and for this, for me, I hope he flourishes. I mean, listen, I'm rooting for guys to succeed. He was a great quarterback in the University of Alabama. I know that hip injury is still got to be affecting him somewhat because he just doesn't have the power on his throws, he doesn't look the same. I would say, though, if if I'm looking from the outside, I think he's going to perish because he hasn't proven to me in the last couple of years that he can play all 16 games and can be that guy. But if I'm, you know, if I'm an optimistic guy and I'm looking at it half full and I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm hoping it forces because what what this says to me is my team did everything they could to put the here's, here's around for Reese's around my quarterback to be successful, and that's all you can ask for as a fan from the outside is, hey. Does my team at least care and want to help my young quarterbacks be great? He doesn't listen. We know what Tom Brady can do with, with lesser talent and Aaron Rodgers. What can what can these young stars do when we put some great talent on them? And it's going to be a quick question going into the offseason. Or here's also the thing that we have to take in consideration. I and I, I relate this also to the New York Giants situation. These two teams just picked up also one of their signings were two quarterbacks that were starters once in this league. Who's to say for both? And I'll take that. We'll talk about Daniel Jones down the road about his situation. But who's to say Teddy Bridgewater doesn't beat out Tua? Like, I I, I understand people are like, well, they drafted him. Well, this this regime, Mike McDaniels and them, they they didn't draft Tua. They didn't pick Tua. They weren't there at the time. Also, isn't it the best man is going to win the job? So I don't care if Tua was a top five quarterback, a draft drafted quarterback. If he's not the better guy for the job, and Teddy Bridgewater is, 
And I'm not saying Bridgewater makes elevates this team to another level, but I'm just saying if he's the better man for the job, then aren't you going to start Teddy Bridgewater? Well, that's a bigger issue then. If he's not good enough to beat um, Teddy Bridgewater. It's like the Drew, like Drew Locke situation in Denver. You had all the pieces surround him with, okay, you got Jared Judy. You had Cortland Sutton. You had Noah Fant. You had these running backs that you drafted as well. And Drew Locke, you drafted him in the second round. We all thought he was going to be a first-round pick. He ended up dropping in the second round. So we all anticipated that he was going to be the future for Denver. All the pieces, and he failed miserably. Teddy Bridgewater won the job. That just shows that you weren't good enough. You're not a good enough quarterback. Who's to say that's the same situation that happens to Tua? I just – here's the thing. I don't watch enough of the Miami Dolphins game. From what I've seen, he has struggled. All right? I, I see him when they play the Patriots. I see him when he played the – now, here's the thing, though. He did beat the Patriots twice this season. All right? Now, he is the quarterback. Maybe you can give credit to the defense and the team as a whole and whatnot, but the pressure's on him. Right? Trev, I think you hit on a big uh, – on a key note when you were talking about the Giants. Like, you want to relate it to this year. Joe Shane, this is a new GM, bro. Like – Daniel Jones. This is a whole new regime. Make, make or break. And, and here's what we have seen, though, in the last two or three years. Teams are not afraid to just go get another quarterback the next day, the next week, the next year, in the draft class, whatever. Or trade. Here's my thing. If you were looking in a globe, right, and you said, hey, three four years ago, Browns are going to draft Baker Mayfield. He's going to lead them to more wins than they'll have in the previous three seasons. He's going to lead them to a playoff. He's going to lead them to a playoff victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to lead them to within seven points of going to the AFC Championship game. And now he's got no job, right? So, and he just got traded for Deshaun Watson. So what we're seeing here is teams are not afraid. We saw him. Now we got to go to this thing. Yeah, what we got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I saw it in the corner. I saw it in the corner. I saw you. Here's the speed bump. Now, what, Joe, what I was going to say is, though, and Trevor was asking, I said, Pressure's on Tua. He's got to flourish. I haven't seen it yet. But what we have seen in drafts where, like, hey, we're going to draft Josh Rosen. Oh, next year we're just going to draft Kyler Murray. And then, like, we saw Baker Mayfield lead his team to a playoff. And, well, you know what? You got hurt. You're not having really flourish. You open your mouth too much. Oh, Deshaun Watson, don't worry. We like you. Here's 233. So teams are not afraid to trade and go get the quarterback because they realize that when you have a certain amount of talent like the Browns do, and what Miami's done is, hey, listen, if Tua, you don't – you don't put you don't do what you're supposed to do this year. You're out the door and we'll find someone that will. And Joe, it, I also you, added you, got, you can't cut it. This is this I, is a um, what's it the thing, Trev? Make or break. It's you know, like in basketball, they say it's uh what it's a shot making league. You know, make yeah. a shot, you miss a shot. So football, you either make the plays and you become Joe Burrow, or you become guys like Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield, where you could be out of a job or or and I also out. related to the Giants in the sense of with the Dolphin scenario. Who's to say that Teddy Bridgewater can't beat out Tua? What is that to say? I mean, like, Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback in this league. I mean, we all thought that Drew Locke was supposed to be the answer for Denver. They all put the, they surrounded the pieces around Denver to make him excel as a quarterback, just like Tua right now with the weapons oh. that they just got added this offseason. And, and Teddy Bridgewater, they just, that was one of their signings they also in this offseason. They just picked him up. Yeah, it might be like a mentor guy, but you also got to take into consideration that if two is not good enough, you're going to be, if you want the best guy for the job, then it's going to be either Teddy Bridgewater or Tua. Just because he's a former top five pick doesn't mean he has to be guaranteed anything. This is a new regime as well, I said too, Joe. There's a whole new regime. So if they th- you want the best guy in the, to win you games, and if that's Teddy Bridgewater or Tua, you're going to go with that, Joe. Oh, 100%. You know, uh, I said a few weeks ago, there would be five more trades of quarterbacks before the draft. And there's been five. There's also been a slew of, of other trades and obviously other free agent moves, but we've been talking about this since last year. When you look at the quarterback play, especially in the AFC West and in the AFC just as a whole. Just do the AFC as a whole. It's on a whole other level, dude, right? Yeah, Ryan's and, and, down and, in there. Yeah, and 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 everybody knows their quarterback. You got to have a quarterback as good as Mahomes, or not as good, but in the league of Mahomes, in the league of a Josh Allen. For the Browns, clearly, you know they know it's not Baker Mayfield. After this year, there's a good chance Miami will know it's not Tua. 
Yeah, I mean, here, so here's a perfect I guess, example. I guess we're all in the par- I guess we're all in the parish. Hey, so here's here. Uh, listen, it's not par- the reason why we say parish is we haven't seen anything. This is why we were talking about Daniel Jones, and we're not going to be right now. And how, like we have though, it's all parish because we haven't seen anything, and we haven't seen as Joe's word, we haven't seen consistency enough to say, hey, listen, this guy can cut it. He can play all the games, right? When I look at like, here's a perfect example: Baltimore. They still haven't paid Lamar Jackson. Now they're not trading him, but you know. He hasn't gotten paid yet. He's on fifth-year deal. Like, he's deservingly so of being paid. And like Joe said, what does Kyler Murray's situation go? God forbid something breaks down in Baltimore. Would they ever think about trading Lamar? I don't think they would. They'd be out of their mind because I don't know what you would get in return. And then, Joe, like you said, you still got Baker Mayfield on the hook um, because you know he's going to get traded. It's just inevitable. Um, you just don't know where at this present time. I've heard rumors Tampa Bay, the Steelers would take him, but they only want to have the Browns cut him because they don't want to. Um, it's just the, the salary. You just see this AFC and, and 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 in general what this AFC was going into last year or ending how the season ended for them in terms of just head to toe. Who was the best team? We talked about it for predominantly majority of this show. Who was the best team every week in the AFC? And it just showed in the playoffs this year. It just I mean, you can't even make this up. I mean, we just thought that, yeah, Devontae, okay, now we're done. No, we're Tyree kills the next day. Like, all in all that I've seen from this offseason, there's nothing to ever be surprised unless there are any quarterbacks getting traded, which we all know realistically none of these guys, the top-level quarterbacks, are getting traded. But other than that, everybody's fair game. That's that's just what I see. A guy but like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Look, we've seen guys that have had run high four threes and four two, and close to four twos, but to have a guy like this impactful and to be one of the elites in the game like Tyreek Hill to get traded is is remarkable, really. And it's it's a telling sign that I know it's about money, and but everybody's fair game in this league, guys. And I was just talking about trades. Well, there's some rumors going on. In big blue world. Now, we all got to take in consideration this is a complete rebuild, finally. And this is a team that needs to go full rebuild. Well, does that consider those options of rebuild with trading back? Now, the New York Giants, as we know, are currently slated at the 5-7 and seven pick. And under with just about a month away from the 2022 NFL draft. Cannot wait, by the way. But you look at this going on in this NFL with trades, rebuild, and quarterbacks. There's going to be teams in this league, especially the quarterback-needed teams, the Falcons, teams like that, the Panthers. They're going to be looking for quarterbacks. There's going to be some quarterbacks that could be going in the top 10 this year. Those New York Giant picks just become that much more valuable. So, guys, I'm going to start with Joe on this. Hold on. I wanted to tell you the reason why. Did you read my private chat? I, I just wanted to uh, explain no, why no, we were talking. Going. About it. I didn't see it. I was going into it. My bad. That's okay. I, not to cut Joe off, but I just want to give so maybe this will give better explanation and give Joe another thought. I don't know if he knows about this, but here's what the Giants have. As for the Giants, there's multiple reasons why they're interested in trading down, according to reports. According to sources, one being financial complications. They have nine picks in this year's draft, which will cost them about $12.5 million in salary cap. Now, the problem is the Giants only have $3 million or under the cap. With that being said is they don't have enough money financially that if they made all nine selections that they could pay all their draft picks. Now, a lot could change too if they uh, trade Bradbury, but that's part of the reason I had not been aware of this, Trev. You hit me up. You said, let's talk about this. Is this a good or bad idea? But now realizing it's more of a financial thing, and you know this also speaks volumes to how bad David Gettleman was as a giant general manager for the past whatever three, four seasons. Four seasons. and they got worse. He was literally maybe the worst GM. You know, we were we we kind of badmouthed Reese, Jerry Reese. No, this guy was worse. This guy made Jerry Reese look like <laughs> like Vince like Vince Lombardi as a head coach. It's just it's amazing how bad he put the Giants in financially and decision making and draft picks and player selections. But Joe, take it away, my brother. Yeah, listen, I I, I for. Uh, so I've had some conversations with people this week. Let me let me get out of my own way for a minute. I like Tyrod Taylor as the backup quarterback. I do too. I don't want to see Tyrod Taylor in that any game unless Daniel Jones is hurt. I agree. If well, like I said, is, with two, this no, team I said with the two thing. If the best man wins, no, Daniel Jones better win the damn job. 
Yeah. yeah I don't even. That's I, what I'm saying. He should. But he should, and, and he will. Because, listen, again, at the end of the day, Tyrod Taylor signed with a two-year deal. Yeah. And Daniel Jones is not guaranteed to come back after this year. So if the Giants were to decide this is it for Daniel Jones, if, say, Tyrod Taylor were to take over late this season, I mean, he could very well be the starter next year. Your team will be uh, a step in the right direction. This this draft is so important for the Giants. I'm all for trading back unless you got access to one of these guys that's being called a generational talent. You know what I mean? I think if the pick comes up and it's the kind of guy that you want on your team for the next 10 years, you got to do it. Yeah. If there's not a guy at that selection that you're then I would move the I would move one or both of those picks. Again, even if it's a little later in the first round, maybe another one for next year, whatever the case may be. Because, again, I think you have to look at the 2022 New York football Giants as if this team does anything near 6-11, and 11, you got to be excited about it. If they do better than that, man, it's gravy. Yeah, and that means that Daniel Jones is the guy, right? We talked about this on John about the gym the other day. I, these guys were like, no reason the Giants can't be in be competitive in the NFC East. Okay, fair. But if that's the case, then we have to assume Daniel Jones is thrown for 25 to 30 touchdowns, 35 to 4,000 passing. Saquon was healthy. Yep. Yep. Galloway had had a That answers the question for next year. Absolutely. And and you know Daniel Jones is the guy for the future. The only way we'll know is if Daniel Jones go out there and he does his thing. But again, if if they're one and six and the Cowboys are six and one, it's over. I going to Tyrod Taylor and what does that do? It, it wouldn't that just, help. That just signals the end of the Dave Gettleman era because that means Daniel Jones is done, and it 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 puts the coffin or puts the nail in the coffin for an already god a, atrocity of any, a, a, of a the dirt over the, the, the any yeah, listen you know yeah, exactly. listen as much as as Thibodeau fits the need a right defensive end or um you know, cross or, or uh, the kid from NC state would be great. Right. Like I understand it's, it's the immediate need right now helps the giants in 2022. And some people look at this draft and they're thinking that, and it's like, don't think about that though. Well, here's my thing. Here's think about the future because really, right. Like I, I, I think it's so important. I think giant fans need to understand, listen, if things go great this year, then dude, we're playing with house money. But I, I would expect this team to win four to five, six games at best. Not sure Daniel Jones is going to pan out. So I think the two picks that we have to really look into this draft is the Giants five pick. I think the Giants five pick is where it's going to be if they're going to trade because I it's going to be, be more seven. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm going to explain why I say this. The Giants five pick would be more realistic. And then I would say Carolina's the sixth pick would be valuable too because if you have Seattle, Seattle wants to jump um, Atlanta – they would have to go to maybe just go to Carolina. But I say the five pick because if Atlanta wants the quarterback or Carolina's looking to get like a picket or Malik Wills, they're going to have to trade up to five because Carolina's at six. Where the Giants could stay at seven, you get the eighth pick, you get seven, you get back-to-back picks. And I agree with you, Joe. If the guys like Thibodeau are not there or Neal or one of the three offensive linemen are not there or – I want the Giants to consider because we also got to take into the factor, guys, that James Bradbury may not be on this team. So the, there's going to be another glaring hole in that secondary. And there's a guy by the name, if he's there, which I personally do not think he's going to be there. I had him in my our latest mock draft. We're going to post another one, Keys to the City 2.0, in the next week or so, would be Sauce Gardner. If he's there at five, you have to consider him because he's got he's got it all to be a shutdown corner in this league. And realistically, if you trade Bradbury with all signs pointing to, looks like they're trying to get, get him out and get him off the books and clear up some more cap space, maybe to a Kansas city, which I've been seeing, you're going to need a corner and sauce Gardner to, which I believe should be a top four pick. I think the Jets should strongly consider taking him at four. Then if those guys are all gone with Hutchinson, who's going to obviously be gone, I would agree with Joe. You try to trade back and pick up another a number one. You get the eighth pick or the ninth pick, and you get a number one from next year plus some other stuff, Ted. It's funny because I, you know, I, I I agree with you, Ted. 
right? It it would make so much more sense to move that seven pick, keep that five pick, I right? It, and it, the only reason why I say that, Joe, is because I look at the draft in a bigger picture. Trev, I know you you think these quarterback hungry. No quarterback, I believe, is going to go in the f- first five. I I'm like, just saying you never know. I, listen, would I be shocked? Yes, I've been shocked all offseason. But I would I would suggest that seven to twelve range is where you're going to see one of the first quarterbacks, and I believe it's going to be Malik Willis. So the way I look at it is the Giants are probably going to take one of the top tackles at number five. All right. If he's water report, reports, it might be Evan Neal. I'm thinking six. Carolina doesn't make a move for a quarterback. Seven is where the Giants would be perfect, right? They were just talking about maybe the Saints go to 18. Maybe one of the Eagles they want one Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner. Maybe they want one of the players. Maybe like a team like. Um, Seattle. Maybe, the the yeah, maybe the Steelers come up get Malik Willis, right? So that's where seven. Yeah, but you don't at. want the Giants dropping from seven all the way. Listen, to you don't here's want the, here's the thing: the Giants like are asking for multiple first round picks. All right, because the way Joe Shane is looking at this is what Joe was trying to explain before. But was, would you be willing to stop thinking? Oh, stop thinking about this year. Stop okay. thinking about this year. Oh, think about fine. next year. Think about next year. Trevor, so, I'm going to respond to what you say when Ted's done because I know what you're thinking, and I've got the no, no, no. Go ahead. I'll go fine. I got you. I look at this draft as we're if they get it's all in the trenches. Say the Giants go left tackle and they get and then they get Thibodeau at seven, right? However, it's fit, right? Are are those two as much as those players could be cornerstone players for the Giants? Are those guys going to have an impact on the Giants team this year that's going to put them over the top to make the playoffs? No. Now, what Evan Neal would do at five, because this is what's the most important question of this is. We need to protect Daniel Jones, right? Because Joe started this conversation off as we need Daniel Jones to excuse me succeed because if he doesn't succeed, now we trade seven, we go get first-round picks for next year and a class that has much better quarterbacks, now we go get our quarterback of the future next year. That's and why I say, that, here's why that's I would what say. I say it's more important to get the offensive line fixed so Barkley succeeds, Daniel Jones succeeds, and everyone else succeeds because if you don't have you- the offensive line, you have nothing else. You could even, with a good offensive line, if you really improve this offensive line, they've made great strides, I think, already. And again, why I'm thinking if you drop from 7 to 12, that's where Linbaum makes a ton of sense. And I feel like that's where a center falls, and that would be fine by me. If if, if that's what it – you know what I'm saying? You you, you trade back for that guy? Yeah. And maybe an extra one for next year where, like Ted said, if Daniel Jones – because you can still succeed. With a good offensive line, if you're protecting and taking care of Saquon. Here's my thing. That's if you wanted to drop back to 12 to like the Vikings, say the Vikings wanted to just shockingly come up to 12 or seven or five and wanted a quarterback. Okay. You get 12. I'm okay. If do you t- no, no, I think you still have to go. No, no, the Giants don't need a quarterback. That's, that's a legit he's a Cowboys fan. He doesn't know. <laughs> He's asking. He the, that's he a legit yeah, question. Yeah, we love you, but uh, no, I would not take a quarterback at seven. There, I don't. They, yeah, they right. should. <laughs> the Giants are not going to do that. My thing is, is that the thing 12, if the Giants are going to do that, they would have shipped Daniel Jones now. Hold on, if 12, 12 is there, if the Giants say or uh, eleven or Washington, how Washington say, I'm willing to drop back not to eleven. Washington. Well, I'm just saying. Just just I would say Atlanta moving up from nine I'm to seven. To, I'm willing to trade back. To far that bad, but if it's like the Steelers or the Saints who are like eighteen or twenty, I don't want to drop that far well, back. Here's the other thing: you Trev, might though. lose, you might lose one of those prospects. That but here's the thing: financially, right. it, it makes sense for them because if they go from seven yes, to eighteen, wise, the Giants true. save to pay their draft picks. And here's the other thing, Trev: you got to remember, the more you trade back, the more you get. Now, I know eighteen. You're like, yeah, but you lose one of those key guys. You know what though? The value you're going to get back, you could get multiple first round picks. You can get two first rounds, two seconds next year. You Hell, could. If that's the case. I'll do you one better. I would want to trade with the Atlanta Falcons then, because I I think we all can agree the Atlanta Falcons will be one of the worst teams in the league. They are in full rebuild. I mean, you the only option they have offensively, realistically, is Kyle Pitts, who's going to be an emergent star, and Cordero Patterson. But other than that, they don't have. They got Mariota, who's going to be a bridge quarterback for them. You trade, they go eight to five. We're talking about maybe having, well, who knows what the Giants are going to be next year. You're talking about Atlanta, who's looking like full rebuild. We're talking top three pick. And if Stroud or Bryce Young or somebody else comes out of the woods, that you never know. So if I'm liking that, I would love to try to trade back to maybe even Seattle or or Atlanta would, would be my ideal fit if I'm the Giants to try to trade back. 
still get a first for next year and maybe oh. another second. Andrew, I was about Trev. Real quick, Trev. That said, listen, I, I, I would still be open to five, to move in five. And I'll tell you the only reason I would, though, Ted, is if suddenly quarterbacks start popping in higher than we think. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, what if we Trev, like But Trevor, Trevor, as of today, I, no, I don't. I, I agree with Ted. I don't see anybody going before the seventh pick, but I don't think so. We, I, but I, listen, there's a, but no, Trevor, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. No, and I'm not totally agreeing with Ted. I'm sorry. I get what Joe's saying. Are you actually saying that? Someone gets greedy and wants Malik Willis, and they want to come up to five. Bam, let's do it. Because and all that's going to do is obviously drop everybody down. If you want to, somebody wants to wedge Pickett into that top seven. I mean, my goodness, why not? Why not? Uh, You know, again, because again, if they're moving quarterbacks up that we don't think belong there, that's dropping Gardner. That's dropping Neil. Some of those guys will have to drop. And then if you're at 10 or 12, suddenly the the menu looks a lot better because guys that you don't even have on your draft board just went ahead of you. Uh, That's a great scenario for the Giants to be in. Here's my like final get from Iowa. If he does yeah. drop to 12 and say you drop it back and say you, you trade the five and you're like, all right, Trev, like, look at this. Say a team like somewhere in the 12 range, right? I don't know who's at 12 right now, but say they want to come up to five, right? Minnesota. The way I look Minnesota's at it is you're giving me the same package that the Chief, Miami just gave the Chiefs. I want five picks. I want a first, a second, a third, and next year's fourth and sixth. So that's where I'm like, I'm getting your first this year. I'm up first next year. I want your second this year and maybe one more other pick this year, Here's- right? And okay. and the, and what I do at that is now at twelve, I think like a perfect example who I'm really high on. And I think if he was a left tackle, he'd be the number one pick. But the kid Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa. And if you know anything about Iowa offensive linemen, they always seem to succeed. Big ten. The kid Brandon Shreve who just went to Jacksonville. Tristan Wirfs. There's a bunch of other guys that I can't think of off the, the top pa- of my head, but have succeeded really well out of Iowa. I've seen so many people talk about grabbing Linderbaum at five or at seven. And, you know, for if you don't understand finances then and how the NFL works in fifth year, and you just don't do that with interior linemen. That's like the Giants drafting Eli Apple and Eric Flowers just because of need. Like, you can't just be desperate. you got to be smart about it. And I think Joe Shane and this – and they're doing the right thing. They've added offensive line pieces already, and they're doing it the right way already better within the first couple months than what Dave Gettleman has done in four years with the New York Giants. Here's my final points of this, and I know this sounds crazy. I believe that Malik Wills will be in play starting at number two with the Detroit Lions. Just saying, that's a team that needs a quarterback too. I know it sounds crazy because they're a it team doesn't. that needs everything too, but don't count out the Detroit. I think everything the draft starts at number one, but I can see Malik Wills being in play at number two. With all the quarterback movement, now suddenly teams are evaluating these guys differently. And as you said, now some of these teams are evaluating from need. I mean, look at Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's got to go out and get it. They're they're not, you can't go to your fan base this year they, with Marcus you, Mariota as the starter well, here, and on. not a rookie on the sideline. That Here's would be bad. Thing, One more question, quick, quick thing, and I'll ask you, Ted. Do you go in the desperation mode like the Giants, where the Giants were a year behind because they went Daniel Jones knowing you needed a quarterback, you knew you had an aging quarterback. In the situation like this now, Matt Ryan's got traded, but you were in that point just a week ago that you were like, we might have to be desperate and draft a quarterback where a year ago you were put in the situation. You could have taken one of those four quarterbacks. I'm just saying Atlanta become desperate and take a quarterback or do they, that's, you never know because it is the no, quarterback. I do know because it makes, you no don't know. Sense. Don't say you do know. Yes, that's you do because it makes absolutely no sense. Why the hell would, because would it's the quarterback. take any chance to, to go get a quarterback. Here's the thing. Be the as bad as you possibly can. Get as many draft picks because you're not going to win anything this year. And I think about the quarterbacks next year that are coming out of the draft class. I'm Listen, agreeing with I'm you. Not, if I'm, not, if you, I'm but, a man but, and I'm at eight and Malik mm-hmm. Willis falls to eight or nine, then I draft him if I want him. But I'm not going up to two or three to go get Malik Willis when my team is absolutely garbage. So here's why, here's why Trevor could be right. He's not right now. Yeah, but Atlanta's he's not going to go definitely, up here. He's definitely wrong, but he's definitely wrong right now. Here's the thing. No, I you're, don't think he's going to go up and get him. You're, but but not you true. don't know that yet, and you don't know that yet because, listen, wait, who's wait the team till, that comes to your mind? Hold on, Ted. Slow down. 
Wait on. until Mel Kuyper has his final review of everything after all is said and done a week out of the draft. I bet you Malik Willis still isn't in the top four. But maybe he four won't five. be. But what if he is? All I mean, again, dude, this is consideration. This, hold on. This really matters. The idea that Atlanta decided to finally trade Matt Ryan a year, two, maybe three years too late. Oh, we've seen that before. I wonder if I maybe they not. have fallen in love with one of these young fellas. Yeah, but and I'm not trading up. I'm not trading up because I, I have so much more needs. And I look at the draft class next well, year. I'm saying, going, hold on. Hold on. Well, who says they have to trade up? That's all I'm saying. What if they don't well, have he's go he's in play for two? If he's in I'm play for two, it's Detroit, a, there's a consideration because Detroit needs a quarterback. I don't I don't see Houston taking because they've already said they want to go with David Mills and see how he can pan out. Yeah, with because next year they will get the better the Jets, class. The Jets just drafted Zach Wilson. The Giants are gonna have Daniel Jones. Carolina's in play, and then and then the Giants have seven, and then a Falcons. That's all I'm saying yeah. is that there's not many teams in the top, but but there's Detroit, listen, there's enough play. teams. That if one team falls in love with one of these guys, or if one team That's convinces other teams That's that they're in love with one of these guys and they'll move up, then you're creating that that demand for that number two I'll, pick, and I'll then it could way. become a thing. If Will's will if Will's will say like Detroit, right, Trev at two. Now I think they're going to go defense, right? I think they're I think go they should too. Yes, That's I believe yeah. they should too. God forbid they say, you know what? We like this kid. We're going to take him at two. Now five becomes really valuable. Three, four, and five become really valuable, and we don't even worry about seven because we know someone's going to hurry up and come get a quarterback because that's the way the game changes. Because picking becomes that much more. The rest of the checker box falls. Yes, because picking becomes that much more valuable if a Wills goes in the top five. You know how much I hate mock drafts, and (laughs) and for the simple reason, uh, another reason on top of my obvious reason though is is as soon as somebody at three does something nobody expected. Everything changes about the draft. I mean, literally in that moment, everybody just slid down a spot. And everybody's draft strategy has drastically changed. So. Well, you got some franchises that don't know. You got some franchises. Again, as of today, as of today, Trevor's way wrong. A couple weeks from now, as we get a little bit closer to this draft, things could drastically change. So we'll see. This is a quarterback driven league. You find your guy, you go get your guy. It worked for for Andy Reid. That's what I'm saying. If you need, it worked for the Bills. And all you got to do is just fall in love with that guy. If that you like Dave Gettleman did, he fell in love with Daniel Jones. He took him, no matter what the narrative was, what everybody wanted to say. The I just look at Tampa Bay, the Texans, and especially Seattle going full rebuild. Let's try to let's try to shore up other pieces around our team so that next year when we draft a quarterback high. All the pieces and the foundation is set. Our offensive line is a little bit more stable. Our skill guys, we got some pieces. Because that's why, like, Seattle's thinking about trading DK Metcalf. It's not because he isn't a good player. It's because they're going to rebuild. They're going to see what we can get the most value for him. Because this year when he has an awful year because he's got no one throwing them the ball, his value stinks. So I, Joe, I saw Trev. I go, the Giants were smart. You trade Barkley as much as I don't want Barkley traded. I want him to, because I know he can make the end. You have to get to But trade him now because if he does have a good season, what are you going to do next year, Joe? You're going to give him you a contract? All options should be considered. That's what it comes down to. You all trade him with the highest value. That's what Belichick always did. He always let a guy go one year too early be, instead of one year too late to get the draft picks. Now, some pieces turned out really good, some didn't. But you'd rather be one year early than one year too late. Sometimes you got to make those moves, and this is a team that has – that needs to make moves. This isn't no. They're no. In, they're in no position to be. They have to make changes, and they got to make changes fast because this league is moving fast and quickly with the moves that have been been orchestrated throughout this entire off season. An off season that well, we're still not even close because we are draft time. We still don't know what's going to happen. We still have a. The tier of free agents that are still available is still ridiculous and impactful players that can change a team from a playoff team to possible Super Bowl contender. It's been that wild of an offseason. Speaking of a mess up your mock draft. They will mess up. They have messed up. We we will be getting our 2.0 soon, very soon, because it will be a little different now with all the big changes that have gone on within the past couple of weeks. Speaking of a crazy, wild offseason, it's been madness across sports, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's March madness, but add to the list baseball, NBA, NFL, as well as March madness, because that's what sports has been giving us 
this entire 2022, early on in this 2022 calendar year. Well, the AL East, we just talked about looking a whole lot different in the AFC conference. Well, it looks a whole lot different in the AL East with the moves that have been going on, specifically by the New York Yankees, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Boston Red Sox most recently getting one of the bigger prized free agents in shortstop Trevor Story, a name that was etched very closely to the New York Yankees. But the Boston Red Sox inked the deal, and they got Trevor Story. They got their shortstop, and it already added to a star-studded lineup. The Toronto Blue Jays do the same exact thing, going after perennial all-gold glover, Matt Chapman. If he stays healthy, he's one of the best players in the game. He does it all for a team. They're making moves. The Yankees making moves. We already know the Baltimore Warriors are going to be in fifth place, guys. So that's just the obvious. Let's get them out of the way. My question to you is, and whoever wants to take it away, good luck, because where do the Yankees rank among this AL East right now? And if you could, how would the order look to you right now on March 25th? Take it away, Joe. Joe, I'm just going to ask a question. Did you see the – who tweeted it out the other day? Jock Peterson? The difference between the salary caps yeah. of the top. That is where baseball has to have a salary. You don't have to have a cap, but you got to have like a there, – There's got to be a basement. Bar. Yeah. You know, interesting because I saw Jock Peterson and somebody else had posted that too. The $34 million is an inaccurate number. Uh, all of those teams are at $50 million and higher. It's like 63 60 and I – think 48 million uh that's on baseballreference.com so i don't know where that 30 million regardless it's still incredibly too low the the minimum payroll should be a hundred million dollars in major league baseball if you're not putting out a hundred million dollar um lineup i don't i don't think that you're a serious baseball team to be quite honest go look at the the pittsburgh pirates lineup joe i got it i'm right now it was posted three days ago on sport track mlb payroll tracker you ever yeah. use them? So this is what I they don't know have. that site. I've used it for. They have all. They break down all the payrolls and everything from everything, even players. If you want to know contracts, all the stuff. So right now the Dodgers are number one at two hundred seventy-four million dollars, eight hundred eight thousand three hundred thirty-three. That's including the twenty-six man payroll plus the injured reserve, which is another eight point one two five. They have the Baltimore Orioles at thirty million three hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-six. Followed by Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Miami. That's on Sport Track. So, but either way, like you said, Joe, they're playing. They're paying way below the minimum average, and it's it's disgusting because if you're a fan of these teams, uh, how do you be a fan? Like, if you're a Baltimore fan, I feel bad. Like, how do you how do you root for a team? Like, yeah, my hey, dad. Was, like, how can I root for the Orioles? Like, my team doesn't even try. It's like never getting out of bed and at least trying. I, I, think, they, I think they try. They're just not – they're young and they're not – Try. They're not, the, they're not to the level of the, the guys that the – come on. These kids – it's like – let's be realistic. It's like the USA versus Soviet Union. It's like that's what you're playing college kids against the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Toronto Draft Blue better, Blue. free agency, better I know. Coaches. I get that. Some, sometimes they pan out like the Houston Astros, Kansas City Royals, but worked out for them. Chicago I Cubs. The Chicago, Chicago Cubs it worked out for them. Some teams it doesn't. Yankees but in the nineties. You look at the blue. You look at Boston. teams like the Blue Jays. You look at teams like the Blue Jays and Pirates compared to teams like the Yankees. It's like college kids against like professionals. That's well. What- the, the, listen, the recipe for teams that don't want to spend two hundred million dollars is simple. You have to draft well and develop players. That's what yeah. Toronto's done. Baltimore's yeah. done a terrible job of that. Yeah. Toronto's and every time Toronto, every time Baltimore goes out and brings in a free agent, they're a disaster. Chris so I mean, no, good. that was their own guy, but again, well, it wasn't their own guy. They had traded for him from time. But anyway, I mean, again, right? I mean, if you if you make bad player personnel moves and your team stinks for ten years, not only are you competing with nobody wants to come there. No, your your fan base marketable. is dying. Yeah, you're not marketable. And all of the moves you make are bad ones. So if you're Baltimore, if if you're and there's a lot of teams like that in baseball that can't seem to get out of their own way. But Cincinnati if Red. you're not going to spend $150 million, you have to develop your minor league system. And those guys, you have to be able to churn those guys. The Dodgers. I don't think the Dodgers get enough credit for the development of players and their ability to sign great players who perform very well for them. And then if they do do well and they get a free agent, they trade them like Alex Verdugo, who's a really good right. player for the Red Sox. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty, pretty good damn player. Yeah. So, listen, 
where do the Yankees rank? I think right Mon now in the middle Mon of the pack. I think middle of the pack. I think I the Yankees are better than they were last year. What do you think made them better? Defense. Defensively, defensively I would say yes. This better. is a team that now has guys that can run, that can run the bases. They're going to play defense, that no fundamental baseball. I think you have enough guys in this lineup. Uh, uh, I don't think the Yankees name? are the shortstop. Ia, uh, Isaiah. Dude, I mean, that guy That guy stole 20 bases last year. He's a great defensive shortstop. Yeah, but what about Gary like Sanchez? Dude, there's no Gary Sanchez. Yeah, Joe, how do you feel about not having no Gary Sanchez? We haven't talked about this, Joe. We're not going to show. Yeah, we, have, we haven't talked We should about talk it. about this because, let's be honest, the Yankees now have possibly the, the weakest catching situation in all of me. I don't think the baseball. Yankees are I don't think the Yankees are done with shopping. I think they're still gonna try to go make a move, especially catcher. I think I've seen uh Wilson Contreras for the Cubs. If it's not it's Wilson Contreras, I'm gonna consider this a fail because you're gonna have a hard time convincing me anybody other than Wilson Contreras would, you trade would be the right guy for the job. Yes, I would trade Glaber in a heartbeat for Wilson so Contreras, absolutely for anybody. No, I get it. For but anybody. Saying, but I'm just saying, where do you No, you really are. You really Wait, listen. I like, I used Glaber to love play, Glaber though? Torres. Glaber does, there's no, there's no infield position that he's good at. DJ there's not one position, there's not one position in the infield where you could say Glaber Torres is the best fielder at that spot. Is not one position. No. You're, uh, I heard so many people, you want to take that gold glove winning second baseman and make him a utility man? Are you an idiot? You just hand out gold gloves? Oh, he he he's not a good shortstop. He is a shortstop. He sucks at it. And he was worse at second. Yeah, How do you not remember this, people? He was worse at second memory. base. He's not a memory. good he's just he's a DH. He's a he's a he's a you know what he is? He's Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent. Oh, he's second baseman for the San Francisco Giants, who had like forty. And, Houston, and he played for the Houston Astros. Yeah, and he was a he was, he was a good. lousy teammate, and yeah. uh, he, he didn't that. play great defense. Now we didn't we didn't talk to you about the Gary Sanchez thing. We joked about it last time. Like, man, if Joe was no, but the name that all kidding aside, the name that I've been seeing with the Yankees uh, along the pot. Uh, the Padres, which I, I, I don't get it because they already have catching prospects. They don't need to be going after catchers. The one position they don't need. The Yankees have been associated with Wilson Contreras, but it will cost them something. I'm I'm willing to give part ways with some of their prospects, but not Dominguez or Volpe. Don't want any of those two going anywhere. But, yes, the Yankees do need a catcher. The Donaldson trade, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens. That's the time we'll tell trade. I think they I, – I agree. Defensively – Hold on. Yes, I'll take the I've consistently time. said this about Gio Urshela, and I know people love Gio. He makes all the flashy plays. If you look at Gio Urshela's metrics at third base on routine grounders, he's about middle of the pack. Whereas Josh Donaldson, I know he gets hurt a lot, but Gio's also missed a bunch of time. Josh Donaldson's a top five third baseman in baseball, defensively, let alone his offense laps what Gio's done. Everybody thinks of Geo from two years ago when he was good. He's been garbage for the last two seasons. And done anything. Yeah. Been terrible offensively. So Josh Donaldson's a huge upgrade. Shortstop, huge upgrade. Having LeMahieu at second, huge upgrade. Rizzo, Rizzo at, first. at first. I like Rizzo at first better than a lot of those. I mean, I Olsen. like Freddie Freeman. I'm not looking to give a guy a $300 million. No, no thanks. What about Olsen? Oh, here's the other you thing. You got to pay your you own talent Olsen? first. You got to pay Judge. Can't you got to pay Judge. Yes. Yes. You got to pay Judge, and you need to get another. You need, you're going to need another. It's probably not going to happen this year, but you got to get another stud pitcher. Everybody's yes. pairing off. Everybody's pairing off multiple studs in their in their rotation. I want, in the you know who I want. The, you know who I want them to go. I want them to go after Luis Castillo. That's what I've been wanting them to go after. Sure, they years. don't need a second baseman named Glaber Torres. I've got one. They need they need they need some infielders. I, I I've I've heard that. Well, Degrom could be a free agent next year. Real quick, here's the well, other thing. Go. You remember when uh, Glaber got glasses last year? Yeah, yeah. And I remember he started hitting, that up. started hitting better. And then you know how we ended the season? No glasses. Like glasses aren't the answer. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's his eyesight that's the problem. I don't know what what happened to Glaber Torres, but again, like Geo, if you're thinking of the 2018 2019 versions, awesome player. 2020 2021, absolute disaster. That's a year and a half worth of baseball for average body, for average body. for average production. His value and for, is for shoddy defense. His value has diminished. Josh Donaldson has had more at bats in the past two seasons than Gio Gerson. Yeah, his his, his uh, Glaber's value has diminished. Well, well, here's the thing: significantly since he was coming in as a prized prospect. Listen, being a 270 hitter and hitting 35 homers, we can you can get away with shoddy defense. Hitting 260 with nine homers, and that's the player he is now. And he's playing, and playing in 145 games. games. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's. Hey, here's yeah. the other thing. You got, Yankees better get their stuff together because they play Toronto like nine times in the first month and a half. There's no COVID well, rules. COVID, COVID rules in Toronto. That yeah. means your guy Judge can't play. That means certain where, other guys can't play. Where does um? Anyways, where does the Yankees, New York Yankees, rank among the AL East right now? If you had to pick them. Number-wise, where would you rank them currently? Here's the thing. Each team still has question marks. Red Sox still need starting pitch and sales hurt again. Well, look at all the moves. Look at I know, the I know. Teams. Who would you say? I, I get Trevor Story's coming in great. Let's see how well he does consistently. He didn't have a great season last year. Let's see how well. I understand that lineup is dynamite, but you still need pitching. The He's Rays have – 260 hitter, by the way, outside of Colorado. The Rays – That's the hitter you're going to see in Boston. The Rays are going to be good. They're always good, but – and three, of the main, three of their main pitchers are coming off of elbow surgeries. So how well will they perform this year? But they always seem to find a way to win games. The Blue Jays, they won 91 games last year. Have they Just improved? Missed, missed the playoffs they by this lost much. their Cy Young guy and Robbie Ray. They brought in Kevin Guzman from the Giants. But let's see how you pitch in the AL East compared to the NL West. I, I still put the Yankees second. I don't know who's first. I don't know who's first. Tampa. Maybe because they're the defending champs. Maybe Toronto because the way they score last year, they play like a 103-win team. They just didn't have enough consistent pitching to back up that offense. Because that, I mean, the Yankees have the third-best offense behind the Red Sox and Blue Jays. I mean, you look at the lineup. I think consistently, I love the Yankee lineup. But I'll put the, I'll put the Yankees at three. Again, from Judge and Stan, DJ, is he going to play better this year or is he going to have last year's season? You know? What do we get out of Rizzo offensively? I mean, we drop down in the catcher position. What 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 are we is Hicks going to be an everyday starter? What is Joey Gallo going to produce? Because if Joey Gallo, you know, it's 240 with 40 home runs, I can I can live with that. I can I can I can ride with that. He plays solid defense. You know, if I can get 35, 40 home runs out of Stan Judge, and I mean the Yankees should hit 300 home runs this year. That's a team that they should have. I got, I got them third. I'd have them third right now. Blue Jays would be fourth. I'd say the Red Sox would be Let's second. Let's have Severino for a full season. I'd say the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Reds would be second. I would have Tampa. I mean, until we until somebody dethrones the AL East champs, I mean, they've been the consistent team in this division. They have the Yankees number. They're the Yankees kryptonite for some odd reason. And they're just always – they always find ways to win. They always – you want to talk about building from the bottom, Joe. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays are – the could be one of the better examples as well as a team that loves to develop their players. And I'm going to go, I still would go with Tampa. I think the story move, I really do think that's going to pay off because he's not going to be the main guy. You have studs on that offense. And I would just rank them among like the AL East rankings last year right now. As I would never sign a free agent to play out of position. I think that is, was he going to play so second? Stupid. He's going to play yeah. second. Yeah. Not a second baseman. It's a shortstop. Get a second baseman to play second. You're the Red Sox. <laughs> you know. You know what I'm saying? You're the Red Sox. You don't. You don't need to just go out there and get the best bat. I mean, get an actual second baseman. Here's the thing, though. Bogart. Understand that. I was talking to Pat Clapp about this. And I was like, Pat, where the hell is Bogart's going to play? He's like, he's going to go to second. I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, he's not. He's a good. He's a decent shortstop, but he's not a good. It's almost like the Glaber thing. He was better at second than he was at shortstop. We just he was the best fit, and we put him there. But if you remember, I think Bogart's like was in top five of errors last year at shortstop. So 
But you don't really look at that because he's in the MVP category every year because he's batting over 300, hits 30 home runs. He does everything offensively really well. I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if you guys just saw this. I was just clicked on MLB.com. Dave Roberts guarantees a World Series for the Dodgers this year. Well, I hope so with the damn lineup that he produced. I mean, really? No. I mean, what else is he supposed to say? You can't lose. Or you can't lose. If the, the Dolphins, if the Dodgers don't get anywhere near, like don't even win a World Series, it's the biggest failure in the past like 10 seasons. They should, they should this be embarrassed. They should be embarrassed at how guys, few World lineup, Series they've won in the last decade. Guys, we've always talked about like great lineups. We talked about the Yankees. We talked about the Red Sox in the past. The Dodgers have been always consistent with having great lineups. This lineup just outshines those other lineups. Like, there's no excuse. There's absolutely no reason. You have MVPs of MVPs and MVPs on your teams. You should not lose. You have aces on your team. Yes, you lost Kenley Jansen, who we'll see if that backfires. Losing bullpen does come in clutch. We know how important it is in the postseason. But if this team does not win a World Series, stunned with it. Stunned with it. I'm just sick of it because they just keep buying and buying, and there's no reason for them to only have one World Series. There's no reason. They should have like they should be like the Yankees of the '90s or early 2000s. They should yeah. have three or four championships right now, guys. Even if they weren't all in a row, like cool, like the Yankees did it, there there should be multiple championships. Well, because they got there, it's Hollywood, and the Yankees had those blue chip type guys, Brocious, Knobloch. They had uh, Louis Soho, little guys that were just tough, nitty gritty players that came up clutch. They just got a bunch of MVPs. See, it's important that people remember that that the '96 to 2000 Yankees wasn't some All Star team. It was Charlie, Hay- like, Charlie Hayes, Tim Davis. It was, Tim it was Most, far from an all-star team. If you're not a Yankee fan, that's what you think that that the Yankees did. Yeah, they, they thought they were the AL superstars. They, yeah, they thought they were the AL. Daryl yeah, Strawberry, Tim Raines, like all these old David Justice. It's like yeah, they were all at the end of their career. Role players. They were all, they were all good, solid players. They were yeah. All, yeah, yeah. Charlie, Charlie Hayes coming in at third base to play defense. Joe Girardi was a catcher, really. was not Let's a good be realistic. The, off, the, the all-stars on that team at the time were probably Bernie, Jeter, and, and Tino were consistent. Consistent. Maybe Paul. Yeah, Leo, maybe Paul. Leo, Leo, but Leo, even still, they I'm had rotating. I'm not counting they had rotating left fielders every year. Shane Spencer, Ricky Waday, Chad Curtis. I mean, they were throwing guys out there. You didn't know who the left field. It didn't matter, though. They would just produce or. Eventually, they were like, hey, Soriano, you can't play infield. Because, again, to me, to me, Glaber Torres should have the biggest glove he's ever had in his life. <laughs> and should be out shagging balls in center field. Oh, like a catcher. Like a catcher catching the, uh, the knuckleball. Exercise. Could take that, too. Any glove that doesn't belong to an infield position is what labor should be working out with. That's what I think. We'll have to see. We're going to be back next week talking about our baseball preview because, well, we are going to have baseball, ladies and gentlemen. I know it was a little delayed. Chuck Knobloch, somebody just wrote. Chuck Knobloch. Remember that? Come on. Knobloch was, yeah, of course. Of course he did. Number 11. Had the stance like this. He'd bring the bat back. Oh, he yeah, Drew Stuck. Everybody remember stuff. why he ended up in left field? That all-star gold glove winning second baseman? Yeah, because he couldn't make the throw from second to first. Oh, yeah. He had, he had, he had, he had a, had a problem. It was like a mental block. He had, he had a real blast disease. It was, like, it was like Major League Two when the catcher couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher. He <laughs> took down the third base. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You throw that ball down there one more time, son. And I swear to God, I will. You're going to get, get me very angry. Very angry, my friend, that day. If anything, the sports season has not made us angry. It has delivered unlike any other. We got the brackets. I know I'm still alive in one of my brackets because I got my Duke Blue Devils running high. Let's win one for Coach K. Let's finish strong. We got a huge game tomorrow. The tournament has lived up to it. Two number one seeds going down last night, Gonzaga and Arizona. And most brackets I know probably around this country – Brackets have been officially busted after last. I have games. one team left. Do you have Iowa State? No, I had Iowa State in the Final Four. You got Villanova. I, have, I had Nova winning the championship over Gonzaga. Okay, and I kid you not, Villanova is the only team I have left. I have Duke and UCLA. Everyone else is out. <laughs> 
Duke and UCLA still. But I had Iowa State in the Final Four, Teddy. They were hot coming into this tournament. <laughs> Iowa State? They were not hot in the tournament. They're they're still, oh, whoa, whoa. They're still in the tournament. They're playing tonight. They are. They're playing Miami. Miami tonight. I know. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Iowa State. I also had Iowa. Oh, that's – Iowa, I think Iowa had won seven in a row, and Iowa State had won nine in a row coming into the tournament. I'm like, it's going to be an all-Iowa affair. When Iowa lost in the first round. Just yeah, like, that was awful. That was beautiful. I well, took man, Kentucky don't deep. Don't even ask me about my tournament. <laughs> I had Kentucky in the final four. <laughs> Kentucky, Iowa, Gonzaga, Arizona. Goodbye. Once – once again, the Big Ten has not delivered. The SEC's had a bunch of uh, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, all three teams, three teams that many people believe would be title contenders, all gone within the first weekend. It's just been that type of season. This 2022 early, early calendar sports year has been nothing but madness. The tournament's delivering. Baseball's going to be underway. We're coming down into the NBA playoffs. A lot going on. Will the Lakers make the playoffs? I don't know about that, Dad. And then we got, obviously, the NFL. We just don't know what every day is going to bring us with the NFL. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys of the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City. So comment, like, subscribe, share, or follow. Clovercrest Media presents Keys of the City. We are out. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.